0: I thought I'd start today a little bit differently. I want to answer some questions. With all the stuff that's going on, I think there's some questions that we need to ask. First of all, are we in end times? The answer is yes. We are in end times. Now, when you say that, that gets us a little scary because the next question is, you know, is COVID God's judgment on us, all right? This is a man-made thing that God is using to reveal a couple of things. One, we as a nation have walked away from God's protection. There's an umbrella of His protection. We've walked away from it. And two, the church has walked away from His presence. We substitute a lot of things for church, but we've walked away from His presence. So I want to talk about that today because it's a very important thing. How do you live in his presence? How do you go about that? We've, we've had a clear prophetic message as a church that we're to stand in his presence. So what does that mean? That's why we, we're gonna talk about that. We're to stand in his presence because that's when you receive your, your peace, your hope, your leading, your wisdom, your insight, your mission, is you stand in his presence. We're to stand on the word, okay? we need You know what the word of God says, we're to stand on what he says. Not our feelings, not our fears, not anything else. What is the word of God saying? And finally, we're to stand to release the Holy Spirit. Having been in his presence, having been in the word, we should be full of the spirit. We're to release that, it should be falling out of us and, and impacting others around us. Simply, I'm gonna kind of reverse this a little bit. We're to pursue God's presence. You're to press in to his presence. God has done everything possible to manifest and make things happen in our life, but at a certain line, he has to stop because otherwise it's pushing himself on us. So we need to pursue him so we can release that in our life. We need to do what God tells us to do. We're not being in his presence, so we don't know what he's telling us to do, so we don't know how to stand on his word, what he's spoken to us, okay? And then finally, again, we're to release the Holy Spirit in action. Something should happen. There should be action. Things should be occurring around us as we do that. So take your notes, reach forward, make sure you've got your notes, follow along with it. We're going to talk about living in his presence. So I need to explain the types of presence, all right? There's the omnipresence. God is everywhere. You can write that everywhere. I mean, you can't go down to the bottom of the ocean scuba diving. You can't go to the, the highest mountain on a mountain expedition. You can't go to, to any place in the world where God's presence is not. His presence is there, all right? Number two, there is the inner presence. Write that down, inner Presence. When you ask the Lord in your life, the Holy Spirit is put into you. You receive the stamp and seal of the Holy Spirit. You have that inner presence inside you of the presence of God. But the presence I want to focus on today is the manifest presence. That's where He makes His presence known among us. Right now, as we are in this room, as we're in our houses, in our homes, and we're watching today, right in that location, he can come and make his presence known among us. How do we operate? How do we live day to day? How do we have that active in our life as we're, his manifest presence in our life? So I want to give you an example of the omnipresent. Psalms 139 verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit, your presence. I can never get away from your presence. That's the omnipresent. You are everywhere, all right? That's God. So you can't escape his omnipresent because it's everywhere. So the deeper question is, how can we live in the presence of God every single day? day, knowing that His manifest presence is with us in our workplace and all these other places. It's not like there's some sacred place, and then it goes, oh, okay, you know, I'm out of here. How does He flow and walk with you day in and day out every single day? So my personal challenge to, to me is to have more of God present in my every day. Now, as pastors, uh, it's real easy for us to study the Word, spend six or eight hours preparing a message, you know, doing history, doing all that. And you, you, you think, well, I, I've, I've been in the presence of God. No, you've been studying the Word of God, you've been doing a discipline that's important, but that you can do that sometimes and oftentimes without being in the presence of God. All right? I can pray. I have a lot of prayer. We have an altar call. I can pray for a lot of people. I'm praying online. We have an ad out there. I can't tell me calls I'm getting for people who just want prayer because of the situation. I can be in prayer. Surprisingly enough, I can have the inner spirit working me, but I may not be in his manifest presence. So how do you have his manifest presence? How do you see that happen in your life? Because what's kind of happening is we're kind of making our devotional life, we're trying to make that time with God uh, that we have kind of a drive through experience. I drive up on Sunday, I come in, oh God, yes, just get my car, drive out, and then we try to make it the rest of the week without him. That's becoming a drive through we're not taking him with us. That presence is an active, everywhere that we're going, all right? So I'm going to have you think about your relationship with God, and I want you to understand how powerful his presence is, how powerful he wants his presence to be even in our day-to-day lives. So number one, his manifest presence. You know, God started this whole thing with his manifest presence. He was walking in the garden and talking hi, Adam, hi, Eve, with them. His manifest presence, that's how he starts this whole thing, is that his manifest presence is there. So what did we do to lose that presence? And I kind of believe that's what Jesus came back to do, is not just to forgive us, but to restore that manifest presence. In our lives, Genesis 3 8 says this When the cool the evening breeze was blooming, and man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden, they hid from the Lord. In many translations, it says they hid from his presence among the trees. Now, you can't hide from his omnipresent because he's everywhere. But his manifest presence walking among us, talking with us, interacting with us. We're talking personal here. You can go to the mountains and stand in the mountains and just, there's got to be a God. His omnipresence. But where God is speaking to you and talking to you, that's a manifest presence. That's something different. Sin always makes us hide from God. So when we start doing what we do and we are are not doing the things we're supposed to do, we we just start, we we sense this and we say, you know, God, and and we just kind of get further and further away from him. And, and, you know, oftentimes we'll be in a service and and you can kind of hear the music. Oh, I can't get it, but I... You know, if I worship now, I'm just a hypocrite because, you know, uh, you're just reliving all the things you've done throughout the oh, I'm just a hypocrite. And God says, no, that's the time to press into me. No, no, you don't understand. I'm a mess. I gotta get cleaned up. No, you can't get cleaned up. That's the whole point. I came and died for you. So my blood would be on you so you could enter into a stone room boldly. What is that saying? Unafraid. Knowing. I'm here because of him, Jesus. And instead of sitting there in that place of disconnection, I can enter more into his presence, his throne room. Okay? But they hid themselves, not from the omnipresence, but from the manifest presence. Exodus 33 uh, is talking about Moses. And the Lord replied, I will personally, my presence, will go with you, Moses, and I will give you my rest. Everything will be fine with you. Then Moses says, if you don't personally go with me, your presence, don't make us leave this place. We want your manifest presence. Now, I want to explain something because we missed some things. As God was leading the Israelites in in the desert, there was a pillar of fire at night to keep them warm. That's manifesting, okay? That, you know, you got a pillar of fire kind of following you around. That, that's kind of, that's like, okay, God, you're here. There was a pillar of a cloud throughout the day that threw shade and, and gave them rest and gave them comfort from the hot sun in the desert. There was his manifest presence in the ark, in the tabernacle that they had with them. So God is manifesting himself And he says, Lord, we don't have your manifest presence? (laughs) We're not doing anything. He's saying, you can go ahead and enter the land. He says, well, wait a second, are you going with us? Well, go ahead and enter. No, no, are you going with us? If you're not going, we're staying right here. Watson showed the importance. His omnipresence is everywhere. You can't go somewhere where that omnipresence is not but he wants to manifest himself. I'm just stirring your thoughts, stirring your minds. How do I get that? So let me give you an illustration. Let's say there was a billionaire in the last service and there's a billionaire in this service. That billionaire's presence is here. Pretty cool, huh? all right? That's his, that's like omnipresent. We know he's here, all right? But let's say that that billionaire does what only a billionaire can do and gets up among us and starts writing checks out for a million dollars and handing them out. Now he's manifesting what he can do. Do you see the difference there? I just was giving him a moment in case there was a billionaire so that he might come up and manifest himself. Okay, let's move on. All right, so that's the difference in that manifesting and, and what we're talking about. Um, so God wants to manifest the present. He wants to do what only he can do for you. Do what only he could do for you. And I don't want you to miss his manifest presence. I want you to catch that inside your notes. So we talked about his manifest presence. I'm kind of waking you up to that. You can leave his presence. How do you leave the presence of God? Now, you can't leave the omnipresence because he's everywhere. But Adam and Eve were what? What? hiding from his manifest presence, coming and talking and walking with them. Cain murders his brother because God has said, you need to change your attitude about giving. So Cain, it says in Genesis 4, 16, Cain left his, the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod. All right? I guess they took a lot of naps there. I'm not sure about that. Then in Jonah, the Lord tells him, I want you to go, and I want you to preach this message of repentance to some people you don't like. And Jonah says, no, I'm not doing that. This is the key verse out of Jonah 1 through 3. Jonah got up and, and went to the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Otherwise, he left his presence. Jonah was a prophet of God. God would come and speak and give him messages, and he was giving messages. He, act- he had a connection. God would manifest himself. He says, all right, God, if this is what you want me to do. No, I'm going the opposite direction. I'm leaving your presence how do we leave the Lord's presence? It's very simple. It's not doing, write that down, it's not doing what God says to do. Now, here's the good news. When God comes into your life and you ask God to come like that and you make a a relationship, God doesn't go, okay, Michael, here's a list of about 5,000 problems and corrections that you need to do would you go down there and nail it on their door so when they wake up in the morning, they can see it and start working? And if they start working and they get a, get this done, then I'll be involved in their life. God doesn't do that. But God often comes and says, here's something you need to do. And we go, well, no. We'll, we'll rationalize it. Okay, God, I need your will and direction here. Lord, I need your answer to healing here. I need your answer to to this thing here. I need this here. And then God says, you know, I I want you to be nicer to your wife. I I want you to uh, stop smoking. I, I want you to, he tells you one thing. I want you to follow me. I want you to. Start a ministry. I want you to, I don't know how to do it, so I don't think I'm going to do that. See, we decide and we say no. And I want you to understand, this, is, this isn't like when you make a mistake, you know. Terry will call me and she'll say, hey, will you you'll grab something out of my office or you pick up some groceries down at home? And if somewhere I get tied up with a bunch of people, and I just try to get out the door and I get out the door and I get home, and I go, oh my, I forgot all right? Because she'll remind you I do that a lot. But anyway, it's not that. That's a mistake. That's just something that happened. But if she asks me to do that and I go, no, do it yourself. Oh, no, I don't think I need to do that. You know, you should have taken care of that yourself. Any of those things, I've made a choice. That's different. When we make a choice to do something that God is, not do something God has told us to do, we are starting to walk away from him. And oftentimes we'll find that our problem is we've been walking away from God. Why don't I have that same connection? You've been walking away from God. You've been walking away from his manifest presence, his active involvement in our life. Adam and Eve don't eat this fruit they ate the fruit. Cain, deal with your attitude about giving. I'm not going to deal with it. You're just showing favoritism. And he became jealous instead of changing what God told him to do, and he murders his brother out of envy, thinking God is treating him preferential. It's not that at all. He's saying, what you gave me is not the same as him. Not the gifts, but the attitude. He gave me his very first lamb. You gave me leftovers after you take in your harvest. You know, it's a whole different thing here. I want you to change your attitude. Jonah, go preach. No. And he left his presence. Once God speaks to you, tells you something, you go, oh, I need to do that. The question is, what'd you do with it? Now what? Are you gonna listen? and do, or just ignore. Maybe there's been a talk on tithing, and, and you, you were doing it, and they said, ah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Maybe God told you you need to end a relationship. Ah, got to know you, but you don't do it. Maybe God has told you to start a ministry and says, ah, I don't know how. I think that on this, this question, oftentimes when I speak to a group, about 75% already know what something God has asked them to do that they have not done. And the others, we, we may not know, but are we pressing in? Are we discovering that? Or are we just ignoring it, saying it it's doesn't matter? No, I, I wanna, again, I want to explain this difference between omnipresence and manifest presence. Let's say Terry and I have a a discussion. That's a Greek word for a fight, okay? And we have this fight. Oftentimes, I found when we have a fight, it's really over simple things. I'm gonna put it this way. In the scope of things, about our relationship, of what's important and what matters, it doesn't matter at all. It's an annoyance, it's this, it's that, It's usually my stuff, you know, I find out. But, you know, it's not worth the relationship. But here's what happens. Because when we fight, she's present in the house. She may be present here, but we're not present with each other. And I'm not enjoying that connection and that oneness. The only connection I get is maybe an evil eye now and then, but that's... That's not, that's not being present, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'll just give you a side note because this is Valentine's Day. I'm going to throw this in extra. But, you know, this week we got into a discussion. It was over. It was over. So thinking about place where to go to eat. Like, that's ridiculous. Many of you have that or are about ready to have that problem. So maybe I'll help you. And, and I just got upset like that, and then I, I got, why? I began to think, of, why did I get upset over that? What was the deal? And then I thought, wow, well, it has to do with, you know, I can't eat any food that I want to like anyway, so it doesn't really matter, and, it's, you know, it's, it's like, but the more I dealt with it, and I said, God, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what's going on. I think I find several things, because Terry's been walking me through this inner healing stuff that she's doing, and, the class she's taken, and if you haven't taken it with her, spent some time with her, you need to. And God has been showing me things all week. Long. I've been in, had dreams, have all type of things all week long. Where he's just, do you remember this? I didn't even realize I had been hurt then, but I had, and it caused things in my life, and that was coming out in that moment. So I'm just going to tell you some of the things that we fight about. We should ask, why does it bother us? And why do we respond the way we do? Because God's got something deeper for us, even in that moment. We can leave his presence. So my question to you is as this. Are you living in his presence? That's a question all you need can ask, but you need to ask, do you, do you really feel like you're living at it, or it's like, that's yeah, just so-so. Would you just bow your heads for a second. Lord, we're just going to pray right now. We're going to ask that you open our hearts, you open our minds. Lord, I want to let you come into me, and I want you to manifest your presence. I want to sense you. I want to be able to know you're active. Lord, I want to be with you. I want to be around you. I want to be sensitive to you. Lord, I want to praise you. Lord, I want your manifest presence. To be with me now, and to walk with me out of this church, to be with me at lunch, to be with my family. Lord, I want you to be in our our home, in our situation. Let your manifest presence go with me this week. In your name, amen. So the third question is, how do you enter his presence? Well, we just started by asking, by seeking, by pressing in. How do you enter his presence? Psalms 95, one, two, two says, sing to the Lord. There's a clue. Let us shout joyfully. So for those that can't sing, shout joyfully, okay? Let us come to him before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us have psalms of praise to him. Psalms 100. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us be joyful. Let us come to him before his presence. I'm, I'm just trying to point out singing isn't the whole thing, but music is probably more important than you realize. And especially as men, I'm gonna tell you, it's easy for us to dismiss that. But there's, there's a lot to this. And I don't have even time to talk about it, but in your Lint manuals, it talks about the tabernacle. God spent 15 months teaching people how to worship and connect with his presence. 15 months. It was probably, what, five minutes that God scratched out the Ten Commandments with his finger? So there's something about singing. There's something about worship. There's something about that that's very exact, and God says, I want you to understand this is how you enter my presence because you were going to the holy of holies where he was. So, you're going to go, I'm not good at music. <laughs> you know, I could, n- never could play an instrument. I can't do anything, you know. Uh, I'm just not good at that. So, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I can't connect that way. I, I disagree with you, okay? I'm going gonna, gonna to challenge you with this a little bit. I'm not a good singer, all right? And, and the other day, as we were listening to one of our uh, services and listening to the recording, it's like that, somebody was off. And I go, who is that off? You know? And Victor, he goes, well, Pastor, before we get to that, I just want to let you know you're, you're a really good jailhouse singer. I think, think of, it. okay, well, Paul, Silas, in the jail, praising the Lord, no matter what the controversy is going on. Yes, I can take that. I'm a good jailhouse singer. He goes, no, Pastor. No, you're behind several bars, always looking for keys. And the other news is that lousy singer you're looking for was you. You left your mic on. And so, thank you for your encouragement, Victor. I really appreciate that. You have the gift of encouragement, I can tell. But here's the point. I can play my phone. I can listen to songs. I can worship the Lord. And when I'm here, I'll turn my mic off, and I'll just sing to God. I'll talk to God, but I'll interact with God. When you say, I'm not going to connect, or, oh, that's not me, or I'm not feeling it, you know what David said? A warrior, the king, soul you will praise the Lord. I don't care what you feel like. And he just come from a loss of somebody. You're going to praise the Lord in spite. It brings his presence because you're honoring him. It says that when we worship God, we actually create a seat that he might sit among us. I think I want that. So I'm gonna encourage you, don't think about yourself. Think about him and what you're doing to honor him as you sing. Oftentimes when people come to grace and they're new as a Christian or they're just new the first time, they go, oh, the music is so good. Uh, they'll tell you, you can't wait. When the music starts, that's when it gets good. Now, we have some good musicians, but they're not the best in the world Okay, and I'm not putting it down. I'm not, I'm not putting limits on that. What I'm just saying is it's not about the musicians. It's about the presence of God. They don't know how to say it. Oh, I sense something. There, there's Something occurs to me. When, oh, it's different. I'm moved. I'm stirred. That's the manifest presence of God. And Terry's done a great job at teaching him. Don't let them look at you. Don't be about you. Don't distract so that they're looking at you. Keep pointing them to God. Direct them. Lead them. We want the manifest presence of God here, active, right now. The sad thing is, as I said earlier, many of us come, we experience God, we have some song we try and get through the whole week on that little bit, that little drive-through that we had with God. Now, here's what's good about entering His presence, about making it something daily, about activating it in your life. I've had days when I praise the Lord, and everything's gone right. I mean everything. You got the parking space. You got the coffee. You know, uh, you, you had people praising you that day. Uh, the meetings were good. Everything was going on. And that's a family member. I don't know why they're attempting to call me during service. All right, but we'll just take care of that right now. Can't kill it because it's got an emergency bypass. But anyway, so, so moving along. So, so the day was a great day all right, because I have bad days like this, and I go, man, that's that's great that I was in your presence. I'll have days where everything goes wrong. Everything's an issue. I've got emails from everybody, and they just hate me, and and every meeting has gone wrong. I don't say the right thing. It's a problem after problem. Uh, It's just a conflict, but if I've Started the day with God, and I've been in his presence. It's different. And there's days when I've been in his presence, and I'm under spiritual attack because I know we're going somewhere. I know I'm taking it somewhere. I know about something's about to happen, like this message right now. And it doesn't bother me because I've started in his presence. I've been in his presence. have God's presence in your day and you're taking him through your day, it's different. As the worship team comes and as Terry comes, I want to read this verse. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Revelation 21, 3 says this, look, God is dealing, is in a dwelling with men. He will live with them. They will be his people, and he will be their God. Terry's going to share right now some other things as as we begin to seek and come into his very presence.
1: Randy and I um, attended the Brownsville Revivals a number of years ago, and... um, We've shared about our different experiences being in the services, but I want to share this with you about it. Um, This particular revival went on for months, seven days a week. And to get a seat inside the sanctuary, you had to stand in a line all day long and hope that you were close enough in the line to get a seat. Some people brought chairs and camped out all night long. Thousands and thousands of people lined up through the parking lot and around the neighborhood of this church to get in every day for months on end. Now, inside the service, the worship was much like worship we have here. The message was much like what you hear Pastor Randy speak. So why, why were people standing in line for hours and hours to get in to this church day after day? It's because the manifest presence of God was in the building. Church um, became dissatisfied with... Um, just where they were at, the status quo, and they began to seek the Lord for some something deeper, something greater. They they began to um, repent. You know, repentance is the beginning of every revival that's happened all through history. We talked about it on Wednesday. The um, the, the awakening that everybody is talking about—the the last and final outpouring in in the last days—and we want to be a part of that here at Grace. But when you walk in the built, when you would walk into the building, uh, people were weeping. They were weeping out of a place of an overwhelming sense of God's love and grace. An overwhelming sense that um, they were small, but God was big. Right? Isn't that what repentance is? It's getting getting away from pride. And um, and so people were just weeping before the Lord and just receiving that outpouring of His love and grace. Um, people just sitting and standing and um, all over the building just worshiping the Lord. And service hasn't even started yet. I mean, that's that's what you walk into. All of that is already happening. Because you could tangibly feel his presence just walking in the door because he had been there day after day after day, night after night after night for months by the time we um, attended. So you could feel it. This is what I want to talk about here for just a minute. How do you know that the Holy Spirit is here? What what does manifesting mean? So manifesting, how He shows up, sometimes can be as simple as um, a thought, something that's not you. Like, oh, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit manifesting, that's a manifest presence of the Lord revealing something to you. It might be all of a sudden you just have an overwhelming desire to go speak a word to somebody to of encouragement, to pray for them. That's a manifest presence of the Holy Spirit saying you need to go minister to that person. He's revealing himself to you to go do that. It, it can be an overwhelming sense, like what I just described to you, to just weep. Just bubbles out of you. You just need to weep before the Lord, in love and and humility before Him. For me, um, it's a tingling that I get that just goes up and down my arms, and I just know that's the Holy Spirit. It 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 happens when I'm worshiping. It happens sometimes when I'm speaking. It happens um, if I'm sharing with someone, and. They say something that I that my, that my spirit connects to the Holy Spirit. There's a connection there. It's like the Holy Spirit saying, yes, that's it, that's it, that's it. I asked the worship team this question as I led them in prayer before the service. And I think both John and Choche said they feel it in their back, that tingling, that chills kind of, and that goes up and down their back when that is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here. I'm here. Hayden shared with us on Wednesday that he's had these moments where he's felt like a a wind just go right by him. So that's how the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself to Hayden. He's saying, Hayden, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm standing right here. Press in. That's what those moments are about. Because I I wonder sometimes if you've had those things happen to you, maybe in a moment of worship, and you've kind of felt that a chill chill go up and down your armor, and you think, "Whoa, what was that?" And or you've had that just that feeling. um, I've had that feeling sometimes of just kind of a bubbling up, and just in worship and feeling like I just need to shout, I need to proclaim. You are God, and it just bubbles up, and it has to come out. I wonder how many times we don't recognize that that is a manifest presence of God, and we stifle it, and we shove it down, or we ignore it. You say, ooh, I don't know what that was, but ooh. You know, oh, I don't want to cry. You know, that I don't want to ugly cry. That would be embarrassing. I don't want to lift my hands and shout. What will people around me think of me? And we stifle The manifest presence of God who wants to come and be active. He he wants, this is what he's saying to you, press into me. I've got something for you in this moment. I want to meet you in this moment. I want us to have this communion, this relationship in this moment. I want to speak into you. I want to love on you. It can be all of those things in that moment. I want to challenge you in our worship time that if you feel his manifest presence jump in jump in don't hold back don't run from it but run into it because God has something for you he has something for you that's how that's how he talks to us that's how he shows us that he's right there will you stand with me